Carol Lee Bennett is a poet and writer who's been putting words to paper since she was in elementary school. In the early 2000s, she and Jill Craman began sharing their work at local open mics. Over the years, Carol Lee had been featured at many of the readings in the region, and on February 22, 2010, it was her time to headline the long-running Poets Speak Loud series at the Lark Tavern. In that set, she read her piece, How to Save Yourself, explaining that it was part of an upcoming manuscript. In our conversation, we talk about that poem, family, what inspires her, and putting together that manuscript. And this is the last one from that manuscript, and it does come near the end as I have it organized. Those things are always up for debate. How to save yourself. Hold an invisible sword in each hand. Make slashing motions across your body, one arm at a time, until the letter X blackens the space in front of you. You have cut an opening in the clear membrane between the now you and the next you. Lunge through the hole. Turn around and grab the veil. Crumple it like a sheet of paper and send it skittering across the pavement. Walk away from the shedding site and strut around in your new skin. It is no costume. This is no masquerade. You are someone without doubt, a woman who's always wanted to be just as she is. Let the thrill of wearing yourself ripple over you, the aftershock of orgasm. Follow it with your hands, rubbing off flecks of paint, the tiniest remnants of old cracked faces. Replay this ritual in your mind. Another you is always available. Resort to the cutting only in emergencies. No one knows how many pages you can tear out before your story ends. I had totally forgotten about that, and it's fascinating to me because I'm currently writing about there being more than one version of ourselves that we have access to. So blast from the past. Obviously, I'm still thinking about some of those same things. Um, It's also interesting to hear in that poem some aspirational confidence. I definitely wasn't that confident, but I think that poem is about saying what's possible I wanted to know more about that theme and how it plays a part in her current work. Yes, I have a manuscript that I call my Gertie manuscript. Gertie is a term of endearment, I believe, that my dad used to talk about the clumsy women in his life. We're always (laughs) tripping over things and stubbing toes and things like that. So he would say, watch out, Gert, or way to go, Gertie, or things like that. And so (laughs) at some point during the pandemic... I started sort of manifesting the presence of Gertie, embracing that clumsy side of myself and talking to Gertie with letter poems. And so as I did that, it just became this interesting exercise in who we present to the world, who we present to ourselves, what we do to survive, how it protects us, how it gets us through. So that's what I'm working on right now. A lot of the poets I've spoken to have said that they started writing poetry in high school or even college. Carolee talks about her experiences with poetry in elementary school and revisiting poetry in college. She also talks about putting poetry aside until she became a mother. As a kid in elementary school, I wrote and illustrated little books, and they were very rhymey. So I guess you could say it started then, but... Primarily then, for some reason, it was about hanging out with my best friend, who was my next door neighbor, and 
things about leprechauns and rainbows and bunnies. I don't know, you know, second grade stuff, but that died pretty quickly. Didn't go anywhere. I didn't become famous that way. And I didn't visit poetry again until college. And then I only dabbled. I was took myself way too seriously in college. And the writing classes that I did were primarily in journalism or research type things, but I did have one creative writing class. And I kick myself now because it was with the then current poet laureate of West Virginia. So it was a tremendous opportunity that I was just too young and stupid to take advantage <laughs> of. Um, and then I kind of let that go and really focused on writing in a professional setting for, for work. I did public relations and that kind of thing. And on the side, I would try to do essays or tell myself I would do novels that I would do fiction. And it just didn't go anywhere until I had kids. And I realized that the type of thought that was necessary to develop these bigger ideas, like novels and essays, it required me to have extended periods of time, at least the way that my brain operated. Whereas poetry, I do poetry, excuse me, I do poetry writing in fragments. And so it was much easier to write down a couple of fragments and get interrupted and come back to it. So it became something that I could do when I had young kids at home. Carolee then talks about motherhood not being a theme in her work. I typically don't write about them or about motherhood. It's not a primary theme. It's more like, uh, I don't know if ghost in the machine is the right word, but it's, it's there primarily in terms of the expectations that it puts on um, parents, women in particular as mothers, and about the disparity in that, how it, you know, it, it feels like an unfair sort of, well, it's an imbalance, I guess, is a better way to say it. So it exists in terms of the theme of not measuring up to what people expect of you and the difficulty of not naturally being that person, but also resenting those expectations that come. So it creates a, a rub and an irritant for me and in life and in work. I think we're always supposed to say, and it's absolutely true that there have been so many rewards about being a parent and a mother. And I love those little bundles of joy, as you said, mm -hmm. very, very much. It's just that in my work, it becomes a source of um, struggle and difficulty because I didn't come naturally to it. And it was very hard for me when they were babies. It's much easier for me now that they're older and have terrific conversations and they've turned into wonderful people, but it didn't come naturally to me. And that's, that's a tough place. It's a lonely place to be. So what does inspire her writing and poetry specifically? I do look at things, I think, through the lens of where we struggle as humans and how we get by. There's so many pressures on us, whether it is motherhood or the demands of capitalism or the difficulty of romance and relationships. Those are probably the biggest sources, but I think the common theme there for me is just how I'm clumsy in the world and might not look like it looks for everybody else. And I embrace that both in life and in the poems. I think that um, that the poem that you opened with talked a little bit about a veil or behind the veil. 
And I think that the stuff that we struggle with or that we're clumsy with gives us a peek behind that veil or that curtain. And people may not care about the specifics, like whether it's motherhood or divorce or the death of my mom, for example, which plays prominently in some of my poems. They don't necessarily care about those circumstances, but what they do care about is what we see when we're behind that veil, when we're sunk into those those moments and we get a glimpse of, oh crap, this is this is a big part of, of life. This is a difficult thing. And where we either find strength in that or further challenges, I think those undercurrents of experience, what people care about when we're getting a peek behind that curtain. And what about that manuscript that she's been working on for so long? Uh, it was interesting to hear the recording. And I talk about a manuscript then in 2010, because I would have said my first big serious attempt at a manuscript was 2013. Um, I've had five or six or 10 over the over the last 15 or 20 years, but I've not, there was only one or two of them that I was serious about submitting. One of them was a finalist in some contests, but was never picked up. And so I really pressed pause on all of all of that. I would send out individual poems and had some success with with individual pieces, but I have definitely been focused the last couple of years on this Gertie manuscript. And I did a lot of work over the weekend, actually reorganizing and cutting things and putting new things in. And I think it's probably 95% of the way there with the writing and the work that I want to include in it. So I was excited to see that I'm nearly at the at the revision stage. So hopefully Gertie will start to go to editors' inboxes and contests in 2023. For Mohawk Hudson Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.